Hi, I'm Nyla Boodoo, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. It's Thursday, October 7th. Today, we're focused on a surprising tax haven for the ultra-rich. South Dakota has become a haven for an estimated $360 billion for the wealthy, according to the leaked financial documents in the Pandora Papers. Even though it's one of the least populated states in the U.S., it now ranks as one of the top tax haven jurisdictions compared to the likes of the Cayman Islands and Switzerland. So how did this rural state become such a draw for the uber-rich? After this, Axios's Felix Salmon on South Dakota becoming a global tax haven. And we're joined now by Axios' chief financial correspondent, Felix Salmon, who's been reporting on the Pandora Papers revelation with South Dakota. Hey, Felix. Hi, Nyla. Felix, how does South Dakota go from having $57 billion worth of this type of tax haven to $360 billion in just a decade? Well, it's partly what South Dakota did. They made it more attractive to people wanting trust. They allowed like the beneficiary of the trust to be the same person as the person who put in the money in the first place. But much more important was what the rest of the world did. The rest of the world basically cracked down on tax havens. So it didn't matter whether your money was in Switzerland or the Seychelles. It didn't matter whether it was in the Bahamas or the Cayman Islands. It didn't matter whether it was in the British Virgin Islands. All of those jurisdictions signed the common reporting standards, which basically said that if some dubious foreigner had their money in the trust in their jurisdiction, they would report that back to the native country and everyone else. And there would be a bunch more transparency about where all of this money was being held. There is one country in the world that did not sign on to those standards. You can probably guess which country that is. The United States. The United States. Exactly. And as a result of that, the United States overnight basically became the destination of choice for anyone wanting complete secrecy about where their money was. How do these trusts work? So, Nyla, put yourself in the shoes of a, you know, let's say a Panamanian billionaire. I know this is hard for you, but (laughs) you can try. Just like what my life is like normally. (laughs) Imagine you're a Panamanian billionaire and imagine that there's all manner of institutions inside and outside Panama and individuals who would like to get their hands on your money. Let's say you have some ex-spouses who you owe child support payments to. Let's say you have creditors to whom you owe a few hundred million dollars. Let's say the government wants a couple billion in back taxes. Let's say there's all manner of various people who have claim on your assets. So what you do is you put those assets in a trust in South Dakota. At that point, you don't own those assets anymore. All of these claimants and creditors can come to you and say, we want all your money. And you empty out your pockets and you say, I don't have any money. The money which I used to have is gone. And they say, where has it gone? And you say, I don't know. But you do know because it's gone to the trust. But the point is that the trust isn't you. And so when the creditors and the claimants go to the trust, even if they can find out that it exists, which under South Dakota secrecy laws, they probably can't. But even if they find out that this trust exists, they go to the trust and say, well, you know, Nyla owes us all of this money. And the trust goes, well, that's fine. But we're not Nyla. We're a trust. We just hold the money in trust for a beneficiary who may or may not be Nyla. But sorry, nothing we can do. And you knock on the door and you knock on the door, but you basically get no money out. So all of your money is safe from being claimed by anyone else. Who's doing this? Well, the very rich, the international very rich, some of the names of which have been revealed first in the 
Panama Papers are now in the latest leak. But also, you know, and these rich can be Americans too. A lot of rich Americans using South Dakota trusts to shield their money from people who might want a part of it. It's quite expensive to set up a trust. So like normal mom and pop people don't tend to do it. Anyone who has enough money that they start thinking about how am I going to make sure that my grandchildren don't pay inheritance tax? Like those are the kind of people who set up these trusts. Felix, you said that the world changed, the U.S. and then perhaps South Dakota did not. I think people tend to think of like Delaware, for example, when we think about banking laws. But how is it that South Dakota is now ranked second only to the Cayman Islands when it comes to financial security? Was this a deliberate attempt to change laws in South Dakota? So the ranking of financial secrecy puts the United States second to the Cayman Islands. South Dakota is just one of those states in the United States that has no income tax, it has no inheritance tax, it has no capital gains tax. So it becomes very popular as a tax haven within the United States. There are other states like that as well. As you say, Delaware is one, Nevada is one, Alaska is one. So if you're going to keep your money in the United States, you're probably going to choose one of those sort of tax haven states. South Dakota probably has the strictest privacy and secrecy laws. So given the choice, a lot of people are going to South Dakota for that reason. Also, South Dakota was early onto this bandwagon. They allowed what's known as perpetuities way before anyone else did. And perpetuities are great if you want to make sure that your great-great-grandchildren don't pay inheritance tax. And was this a deliberate effort then in South Dakota to help the economy there and bring more money into South Dakota? It started off in 1981 or 1978, somewhere around there, when basically South Dakota got rid of its usury laws and Citibank gave the South Dakotans a huge big bear hug and said, we love this because we can now charge as much interest as we like on our credit cards. And then every other bank went to South Dakota. And like, if you have a credit card right now, I can almost guarantee you that it was issued out of South Dakota. That really started the ball rolling in terms of South Dakota being first to do whatever the financial sector wanted it to do. And in return, yeah, it's managed to get a few hundred well-paying jobs in the credit card industry, a few hundred more well-paying jobs in the wills and trusts industry. You know, Sioux Falls has like this little baby financial sector. I'm sure at the margin, that's nice for South Dakota. But whatever small benefit there is to South Dakota pales in comparison to the enormous benefits that are being seen by the beneficiaries of these trusts. This has all come out because of the Pandora Papers, this most recent massive leak of financial records that hundreds of journalists around the world have been investigating for more than a year. Here in the U.S., the news organizations that have been part of the project have been the Miami Herald and the Washington Post. What are those journalists saying this week? What are they telling you about what the reaction has been? I kind of hate to say it, but we kind of knew about South Dakota before the Pandora Papers came out. Like the really big investigative piece about South Dakota came out in 2019 in The Guardian. The Pandora Papers have revealed a few extra names that we didn't know before about like who is keeping money in South Dakota. But the big story about South Dakota is not new. And I'm just going to come out and say that in terms of like what we learned from the Pandora Papers was kind of what we already knew. Which is? The United States is definitely top two and probably number one in terms of the most attractive tax haven on the planet. 
But that's not what people think of when they think of an attractive tax haven. They don't. They, they think of the Cayman Islands. They think of Switzerland. They think of the Isle of Man. But all of those places have now signed up to those common reporting standards. And so all of those places are therefore less attractive. And that's new. That's new itch. That started about 2010, 2011. So what we've seen over the past 10 years is that on a relative basis, the United States has become vastly more attractive. And now that this reporting has come out this week, has that changed the conversation around how the U.S. handles this? I hope so. Like, I think that what this has really hammered home is, number one, the insane degree to which South Dakota and other tax haven states are being used as tax shelters. And number two, how easy it would be to kind of fix this problem, right? We don't need the South Dakota legislature, which only meets for two months every two years, to actually do anything at all. What we need is the United States Congress or the White House, I'm not sure which one it would be, to sign on to the CRS, these common reporting standards. If the United States acted towards U.S. trusts in the same way as the United States wants Switzerland to act towards Swiss trusts, then suddenly the attractiveness of South Dakota would evaporate. Axios is chief financial correspondent and author of the Capital Newsletter, Felix Salmon. Thank you, Felix. Thanks, Nana. Welcome back. Here's one more thing we're watching today. COVID-19 cases have been falling across the U.S., and the death toll is finally also on the decline. It's the good news we've been waiting for. So while the rate at which Americans are contracting and dying from the COVID virus is still high, at least we may be headed in the right direction. You can hear lots more about that tomorrow on our morning podcast, Axios Today. And we're done. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we're back tomorrow with another Axios Recap. 